Good evening, church. Today's scripture reading is taken from 2 Samuel 8, verses 1 to 15. 2 Samuel 8, verses 1 to 15. After this, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. And David took Methagama out of the hand of the Philistines. And he defeated Moab, and he measured them with a line, making them lie down on the ground. Two lines he measured to be put to death, and one full line to be spared. And, and the Moabites became servants to David and brought tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to restore his power at the river Euphrates. And David took, him, took from him 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers. And David hamstrung all the chariot horses, but left enough for 100 chariots. And when the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 men of the Syrians. Then David put garrisons in Aram of Damascus, and the Syrians became servants to David and brought tribute. And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. And David took the shields of gold that were carried by the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Beta and from Barotai, cities of Hadadezer, King David took very much bronze. When Toy, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated the whole army of Hadadezer, Toy sent his son Joram to King David to ask about his health and to bless him because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Hadadezer had often been at war with Toy. And Joram brought with him articles of silver, of gold, and of bronze. These also King David dedicated to the Lord, together with the silver and gold that he dedicated from all the nations he subdued, from Edom, Moab, the Ammonites, the Philistines, Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah. And David made a name for himself when he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Then he put garrisons in Edom. Throughout all Edom, he put garrisons. And all the Edomites became David's servants. And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. So David reigned all over Israel. And David administered justice and equity to all his people. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was over the army. And Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. And Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, were priests. And Zeruiah was secretary. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and the, and the Pelotites. And David's sons were priests. This is the word of the Lord.
we stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at the 19th verse. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to verse 21. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Good afternoon, everyone. Shalom to all of us. Thank you, Charlotte, for reading. I know that it's not an easy passage with all the Middle Eastern names. Huh? So it's quite a challenge to read all the difficult names. Yeah, Old Testament especially. Okay, let's look to the Lord in prayer as we begin our time together. Father, we come before you this afternoon. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you were, that your Holy Spirit will grant us new insights, new revelation from your word today as we continue the journey with David as king. So, Spirit of God, come, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue today with our journey with King David. We left off the last time where we celebrated together with David when he became the king, when he was crowned king of all Israel and began a new season for himself and also for all of Israel. As we read in the Old Testament, especially in maybe um, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, we will realize that David's reign, David's time as king was the most impactful and the most significant and it certainly influenced the history of Israel thereafter. David was a king that was very much honoured by the people of Israel because there is no other king that came quite close to him. And certainly David is, was really honoured and probably the only king that was honoured. I would like to show you a picture, this, this statue in in. In Jerusalem today, this statue of David is right there and it, it can be seen in the city of David until today. So they really honour him. There's no other king, um, no statue of other king that you can see other than King David. So as we move on, last week, Pastor Joseph talked about priorities. And we saw that David's heart was truly after the things of God. He wanted to build God a temple. And, and he truly put God as a center of all that he did. He was zealous and wanted to give God his very best. 
I believe that all of us, you and me, also want to give God our very best as we learn to love God as we grow in our relationship with Him. God promised to David then was to build the house of David forever. That uh, the house of to establish the house of David forever. This promise that God gave to David was known as the Davidic covenant. It's known to, to us as the Davidic covenant that God will establish the, the kingdom of David forever, that the throne of David will reign forever. And as we think about it, as we, the, our Lord Jesus Christ came from the line of David. And, and this promise of God to establish his, David's kingdom forever found its fulfillment through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we all know in the gospel that David's earthly father, Joseph, was a descendant of David. Sorry, Jesus' earthly father was a descendant of David. And one of the titles that was that's given to Jesus was the son of David. Okay, enough for us to look at Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus. It says here, the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So we see that Jesus was a descendant from the line of David. And we also read in gospel that many others acknowledge Jesus as the son of David as well. And today, as we continue with David as king over Israel in 2 Samuel, we read that David did a number of things. As I read the passage over a number of times, I was reminded of a verse that we saw in, in Samuel chapter 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 12, that we looked at the last time. And the verse says, David realized that the Lord appointed him as king over Israel, and he was exalted, and he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And all that we saw last week about priorities, how David wanted to build a temple for the Lord so that the people can come, the people of Israel can come together and congregate and worship the Lord together. That was David's intention for the sake of the people Israel. So as far as David is concerned, all that he did so far was for God and for the people of Israel, whom God had so entrusted David with. David knew from the start that his kingship, that in his kingship, that David himself was just, was a vessel that God chose to use for, the, for his glory and for the people of Israel. That was why I believe that in verse 15, it tells us that so David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and equity or righteousness, in some version, for all his people. 
David. David's posture, the posture of David's heart was one that was just and was one that was upright. This also, this was how David led his kingdom. That was how David reigned as king over Israel, exercising justice and uprightness the best he could. I believe that it was not easy to, to be just and upright all the time. We all know that. But I believe whenever David thought of his calling, thought of how God has called him, and thought of all that he has been through so far, the big responsibility over God's chosen people. As a leader, he knew he has to take, make effort. He knew he has to be purposeful. He has to be intentional to keep his heart upright for the sake of God, for the sake of the people Israel. I believe that that was why God entrusted David to fulfill his divine purposes. In and through David, God fulfilled his purposes for Israel. In the first part of chapter 8, we read that David went to war. He defeated and conquered many land. Let's take a look at this map. This map, this map will kind of give us a summary of the first part of this chapter. Circle in red is Jerusalem. Then circle in the dark blue are all the places that David conquered near Jerusalem or away from Jerusalem. David defeated or subdued the Philistines. And the chief city was Gath that we saw a few chapters ago. The Gath was the chief city that Philistine had, and David subdued it. Okay? Then we saw that he also subdued Moab. You may ask, if, we, if I remember correctly, David <laughs> sent his parents to Moab uh, while, while he was on the run, right? Now, why did he go and conquer this land? I also thought about that. Then I read a, commentator's, a, a commentary, and the commenter said this, that Jewish tradition had it that the Moabites killed his parents. Okay? That was the, that's what the Jewish tradition believed, that the Moabite killed his parents. That was why David went to subdue Moab, and, they be, and now they became servants under David. Then we have Edom, and we have, then we have um, Edom and Ammon. Then, in fact, and then on top of Jerusalem, David managed to conquer all the way up to the river Euphrates. In fact, if you look at 1 Chronicles chapter 18, which is almost an exact um, chapter of this, exact version of this chapter, it will give you a little bit more details, okay? But don't read now. Huh? Then we have right on top, Hamath. Hamath, they were smart. They knew that David went around conquering and subducing the, the other cities. The king of Hamad sent his son, Jerome, to make peace and pay tribute to Israel, as we read in the passage. 
earlier. So all these conquests, I believe, I believe that it was in fulfillment of what God had promised Abraham. You remember, if you look at Scripture, in the Abrahamic covenant, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, it says this, On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants, I have given this land, from the river of Egypt, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. So we see that, where, we see where David conquered, all the way to the river Euphrates. Isn't he fulfilling God's promise? So many of this land were actually conquered during the time of Joshua. If you remember reading the book of Joshua, Joshua had many conquests. And the 12 tribes were distributed all over the land that they conquered. However, however, in the times of Judges, and the famous phrase in the Judges was, and the people did what was right in their own eyes. So during the time of Judges, they lost many of this land. And you say that in the Old Testament, Land is one of the major themes. They lose land, they, rec they reclaim the land, they restore the land. And now, David came into the scene, and David came, fought, and restored all this land back to Israel. That was why he was most impactful and most influential, and most significant king of all times. I believe David was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this, to conquer those land back, to fulfill God's purposes for Israel. One of God's purposes for David was to claim back the land for Israel, and David fulfilled that. How about you and how about me? How is God Fulfilling his purposes in your life. Well, as I look around us, I pray that we can recognize how God is at work in our midst, in our church, in our own life, the people around us, and, and partner with him, experiencing him at work in our own individual lives as well as corporately as a church for such a time as this. You know, every time I use the phrase for a time such as this, I always remember a verse that this, this phrase comes from. I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of us here would know where this comes from. It comes from the book of Esther, isn't it? And it was the phrase that Mordecai, her, her cousin, said to her. Let's look at it again in Esther 4, 14. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Of course, we read that in the account of Esther, 
that God later used Esther to bring deliverance to the Jews. So my question for you, allow me to rephrase this. Who knows whether you have not come into the kingdom for such a time as this? You and me. Who knows? In this time in history, where we are still breathing, uh, what is God's purposes? What is God's purpose for you? And of course, the other question got to do with what we do in our church. And who knows that you have not come into ASE for a time such as this? So, what is God's purposes for you and me? It's different, okay? It's different from, for everyone. For us to understand God's purpose, we need to look at ourselves, take a, take a break, take a pause, and ask ourselves, what's the deep desire of your heart? Usually God's purposes begin there. And what have you been through so far in life and brought you to where you are today? That you have the resources, you have been through quite a bit. What can God use us for? A vessel in His hand to fulfill His purposes. God has a purpose for you and me. Are you willing to be part of it? Or are we willing to be part of it? Well, you can take this further in your cell group because that's one of the questions that you will need to discuss. Now, back to David. What else did David do in this passage that was intentional and purposeful? I believe that, God, that David honoured God, that God was honoured. David did not keep for himself the gifts that were given to him. Instead, what did he do with the articles of gold and silver? David chose to honour and dedicate them all to the Lord. In verse 11 and 12, it says, King David also consecrated this gift to the Lord, the silver and the gold that he had consecrated from all the nations that he had subdued, from Aram, Moab, the sons of Ammon, the Philistine, Amalek, and from the spoils of Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zopah. So David dedicated all of the gold and silver to the Lord. A commentator said this of David's action. This commentator said, Eastern princes have always been accustomed to hoard up vast qualities of gold. This is the first instance of a practice uniformly followed by David of reserving after defraying expenses and bestowing suitable rewards upon his soldiers, the remaindering of the spoil taken in war to accumulate for the grand project of his life, the erection of the national temple at Jerusalem. And that was what David did. He, he, in other words, David could have, David chose to honor God with all the tributes that he received. 
He could have kept them for himself and for his family and make himself richer, couldn't he? But he did not. Instead, he gave it towards the building of the temple of God. That was his project, his national project, this deep desire of his heart, that is to build a temple for the Lord and for the people of Israel. That in the gospel message, passage that we that Pastor Gilbert has read earlier, we were advised not to store up our treasures on earth, but instead to lay up treasures in heaven. So here we have an example in David that he dedicated, he gave of what he could to the Lord. Then my question to all of us today is this. Are we honouring God with what we have? Are we hoarding up treasures for ourselves? Are we recognising that we are but stewards of what we have? Be it financially or in kind. Our gifts, our talents, our time, the resources that God has entrusted us with. Are we investing them into the kingdom of God? Are we investing them into the kingdom's work? Or are we keeping them at home and not doing anything about it? So David's heart was in the right place as he chose to intentionally and purposefully minister justice and uprightness. And that was why God bestowed favour upon David. That is why we read in verse 6 and verse 14 this, And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. And in another version it says, that the Lord helped David wherever he went. And in the King James Version, it says that the Lord preserved David wherever he went. The word preserve, of course, indicating to us that God was watching over David and protecting him throughout his many ventures. I think this, I think when God protected David, it was to fulfill his purposes. And for something for us to think about. Are we fulfilling God's purposes? Are we honouring God? As David is used by God to fulfil his greater purpose, and David chose to honour God, God helped him. God gave him victory. God gave him favour wherever he went and whatever that he did for Israel. And of course, David's popularity increased. And in verse 13, he says, we read that, and David made a name for himself. And I believe that God established David's name because David's heart was in the right place. David was upright. David was just. He exercised justice and uprightness. Not only did David have favour with God in battles, God also granted David wisdom 
to put the right people with positions of responsibility and influence. As we read on in chapter 8, verse 16 onwards, it says this, that Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was commander over the army, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ehilud, was secretary. Zadok, the son of Ehiluf, was an Emilenite, the son of Abitia were priest, and Shariah was scribe, and Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Jerahites and the Philistines, and David's sons were chief ministers. So God has given David the wisdom to put the people in different positions, and, and he started a structure administrative structure for Israel. And I believe that thereafter, that's how the different kings reign with that structure that David has put up. I'm sure that David also had favour with the people as he administered justice and righteousness in his leadership. You and I are placed in positions of responsibility and leadership. Res leadership of various kinds. You can be a leader at home. You can be a mother and you are a leader at home, leading your children and taking care of the affairs of the home. You can be the head of the family. You are also a leader in your home. Or, or wherever that the Lord placed you. There are people who are accountable to you. You are a leader over them. So whatever position of responsibility and leadership that the Lord positioned us in, we need to intentionally and purposefully apply godly and biblical principles. So being intentionally, intentional and purposeful is needful. It takes effort. I recognize that when we begin to recognize ourselves as God's vessels, <coughs> for Him to fulfill His purposes in and through us, being God's extended to the people around us. <coughs> and as we learn to honor the Lord in all that the Lord has entrusted us, the Lord will watch over us. The Lord will give us His favour. And He will help us and grant us success. Of course, like David, our heart must be in the right place, intentionally and purposefully. Yes, it takes effort. Justice and righteousness do not happen takes time to cultivate as we read the Bible and as we allow the Holy Spirit to be our helper and counsellor. Allow me to close with this just one verse. It says in Michael chapter 6 verse 8, and he has told you the mortal one, we are the mortal ones, what is good 
and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. Will we do that? Let us pray. As we pause now, let's just take a moment to take a scan of our lives thus far. Thanking the Lord for the many experiences He has allowed us to go through. As we stand today before the Lord, as we sit in His presence, as we reflect, are we fulfilling God's purposes in our lives? Let's ask the Lord to reveal to us what is His purposes in our life. What is His destiny for you and me? And let's begin to honour the Lord with all that He has given to us. Our knowledge, our time, our talents. Because when we begin to do that, I believe and I'm sure the Lord will watch over us and grant us success. Father, we come before you this afternoon as we give of ourselves to you once again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are a vessel in your hand, like a, pot, like a clay in the potter's hand. Father, we ask that you will use us to fulfill your purposes that you use us as a vessel in your kingdom, a life that is pulled out for you, for your honour and glory. This is our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.